Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome to another hour dedicated to inquiry, reflection, questions, possibilities, philosophical conundrums, and a whole lot more, all in our effort to understand exactly what enlightenment means and what it is to be enlightened. Indeed, an hour dedicated to learning something more about ourselves. An hour designed to help us go further inward and perhaps challenge some of those old encrusted ideas about the world we live in and the people we have become. During this hour, we will go wherever mind or consciousness might take us, all the while aware and questioning the nature of being human, of our role in the universe, of logic and reason, of science and superstition, of biases and assumptions, and more. For this is an hour focused on the real philosophy behind the meaning of our very existence, our values, and how we derive the beliefs we live by. It's an hour where we admit that our foregone conclusions could all be wrong, and in that way, truly open ourselves up to the possibility of a new kind of understanding that in some way, somehow, may indeed lead to that elusive state known as enlightenment. Enlightenment. It's a term used to describe a time in Western philosophy and cultural life centered upon the 18th century in which reason was advocated as the primary source and legitimacy for authority. We acknowledge this usage, but we seek to enlarge upon it, adding the idea of experiencing the quintessential truth about ourselves, ever seeking a certain epistemological certainty, that level of knowing from within who we really are, why we are here, and what we do with the lives we live. So we're going to focus on change, true change, and I will take your calls today. If you have a question about change, about mind programming, about the many illusions we live by, about subliminal communication, hypnosis, or some other form of manifesting your highest best, give me a call. Okay. Every week I read a few of your letters as our way of paying homage to the importance you play in helping us to shape our show and to make it even better in every way. Mary wrote, Thank you for your show, Provocative Enlightenment, Eldon Taylor. You are indeed a breath of fresh air. I'm going to try your pay-it-forward free programs. Thank you for this gift. Now let me remind you that Mary is talking about the InterTalk programs that are yours absolutely free as downloadable MP3s. There are many programs at my site, eldentaylor.com, and they're yours. Just follow the link at the top of the left-hand navigation pane. These are not samples. These are programs that typically sell for $27.95 on CD. It's just one way that we can help and pay a little forward ourselves in doing so. Okay, John wrote, listening in from UK, in from the UK, and loving your show on Hay House Radio. Keen to learn more. Thank you. That's nice. Thank you, John. Natalie shared a letter with us from one of her followers, Monica. The letter reads, quote, I want you to know that I purchased Mr. Taylor's book sometime after your email. I am almost finished. I have read and reread parts, and I'm still intrigued. Thank you for recommending Eldon Taylor's book. Well, thank you, Monica, and we'll be talking about that book in just a few minutes. Kevin wrote, Eldon Taylor's mind programming was an awesome read. I'll take that. Thanks, Kevin. Will wrote, I have your new mind programming book. It's great to be able to take back our power. Thank you for your God-given work, Eldon, and may God and his angels bless you always. 
Wow, I'm pleased. Uh, I'm blessed just reading your feedback, Will. Thank you. Tamara wrote, I love your radio show on Hay House. Now, that's very nice. Definitely pithy. Thank you, Tamara. Linda wrote, your program saved my life. I've been using them long before the law of attraction hype became popular, so the magic they produced scared me. Phew. There was a name for it. My life turned around 360. Intertalk is amazing technology, and I recommend it to everyone I know. Wow. Thank you for sharing that, Linda. Kristen wrote, I enjoy listening to your shows on Hay House Radio. I like your avant-garde pioneering style. Well, thank you, Kristen. We do try to bring you an interesting hour every week. Kay wrote, I love your show, but why don't you talk more about your own work? Your request is our command this week. Uh, That's exactly what our show is about, and thanks for the timely note, Kay. Gunner wrote, Dear Eldon, I love what you do. I just finished watching your new Change Without Thinking DVD. I am now wishing the rest of my family would watch it. Wife of 13 years and two sons, 12 and 10. I've been dealing with depression, but have always known there is hope. I do have difficulties harnessing hope. However, since reading Choices and Illusions and Mind Programming... I have become even more hopeful that I can shake this depression with the right mind programming. Thank you in advance for caring and reading a snapshot of my snapshot of my story. Thank you, Gunner, for sharing. And let's rephrase how you said something. Instead of, I have difficulties harnessing hope, let's put it this way and create some new space. Up until now, I have had difficulties harnessing hope. You will succeed, Gunner. Know that. And remember... We're all here to help. Now, I do love reading your letters, so please drop a note either by leaving your comments at my website, eldentaylor.com, or by joining me on Facebook. Now to today's show. Change. Real change. An internal fundamental shift that is the result of a conscious decision to experience a higher quality of life. This is the change that we want to speak about today. The purpose behind two of my books, Mind Programming and Choices and Illusions, and for that matter, my new three DVD set, Change Without Thinking, is to illustrate just how much of who we think we are that has actually been chosen by someone else, almost like a Hollywood script for us to play. Those making the choices do not always have our best interest in mind. In fact, they usually don't. The result is we all too easily become inauthentic and then find ourselves unsatisfied, depressed, bored, feeling empty, and worse yet, hopeless. The one-liners proliferate, and soon we find our self-talk feeding us back negative information. But we don't even always recognize it for what it is. So from the TGYFs to the bumper sticker stating slogans like, I don't get even, I get evener, It becomes all too easy to become so lost that all that remains is a special state of wakeful sleep. Walking. Wakeful sleep walking. I like that. Or some form of dark, gloomy despair. Years ago, I read R.D. Lang. Lang's book. Lang, by the way, is a very famous British psychologist, psychiatrist. Lang's book, The Politics of Experience, became one of those books that I've referred to again and again throughout my life. Lang observed and defined this issue of the inauthentic self when he wrote, the condition of alienation, of being asleep, of being unconscious, of being out of one's mind, is the condition of the normal man. 
Society highly values its normal man. It educates children to lose themselves and to become absurd and thus to be normal. Normal men have killed perhaps 100 million of their fellow men in the last 50 years. We are not able to think adequately about the behavior that is at the annihilating edge. But what we think is less than what we know. What we know is less than what we love. What we love is so much less than what there is. And to that precise extent, we are so much less than what we are. Everything about our enculturation, from our education to our entertainment, has created limited choices. We just fail to recognize that. Indeed, just the other day I read something written by Sidney Webb, founder of the Fabian Society. The Fabian Society is an intellectual socialist movement whose purpose is to advance the principles of social democracy via gradualist and reformist means. Webb puts those means this way. Quote, to play those millions of minds, to watch them slowly respond to an unseen stimulus, to guide their aspirations without their knowledge. All this, whether in high capacities or in humble, is a big and endless game of chess of ever extraordinary excitement. Now, the most disturbing thing about these kind of comments to me is the fact that they are not uncommon in some circles. They, and I'll put they in quotation marks, know what's best for us. In fact, the old scientific marketing techniques inspired by Freud's nephew, Edward Bernays, author of Propaganda, are now known more inclusively as simply neuromarketing. And this technology is currently deployed with one purpose in mind, to own your thinking. It seems that everyone wants to author or own some piece of our minds, and to them, it is a game, an extraordinary game full of excitement. In another book by Lang, this one titled Knots, K-N-O-T-S, Lang says this, They are playing a game. They are playing at not playing a game. If I show them that I see they are, I shall break the rules and they will punish me. I must play their game of not seeing I see the game. Nowadays, there are plenty of games to go around. But if I want to play, I must play. Well, as Lang says, I must play without letting them know that I know they are playing a game. All right, I know what I think about all of this, for I've researched it for more than 25 years. I wanted to know why people do what they do. That said, we want your thoughts, questions, and feedback. And you can make that happen by calling our toll-free number, 1-866-254-1579. And international callers can dial their country code, then 760-918-4300. We have a copy of my new three-DVD set as a gift to you for calling in today. Just be sure to stay on the line after your time on the air so our producers can get your contact details and forward them to me. All right, Ravinder, I believe you have a set of some questions that you think we should treat today. So where do you want to begin? Well, really, these are not my questions. These are questions that, you know, come into us over the phone all the time. And one of the most common ones that we get is, you know, 
what do you mean by saying our choices are restricted or limited? Can you give us an example of that? I can, you know, and, and indeed, you know, Krishnamurti, one of my favorite you know, 20th century philosophers, I guess, um, said this. He said, choice is an illusion. I choose when I'm confused. Now, I'm paraphrasing this, obviously. When I know clearly what it is that I should do, there is no choice. So choice is only a state that arises out of confusion. What happens to most of us, I believe, is that we're, we're educated and culturated in a, in a way that is kind of analogous to a multiple, uh, uh, multiple choice uh, test. We have... Uh, a, B, and C is our choices. When indeed there's a complete alphabet. We've been trained to think that way. Thinking out of the box is indeed going beyond that set of implicit uh, assumptions, that set of implicit uh, reasoning methods. We, uh, we do things, you know, in the behavioral sciences like set up studies. And, and, and one such that comes to my mind goes like this. We can set two tables in a room and hang two ropes above those tables. On one table, we'll put a, a hammer and, and maybe some nails, okay? Your task is to take the two ropes that are above the two tables and connect them, tie them. Now, they are adjusted at such a length that if you stand on the table, you can't quite reach the other rope. If you go to the other table and stand on it, you can't reach. From the ground, you can't reach both ropes. So we give people this task. They go out. They take a hold of the rope. They walk toward the other table. They can't see how they could reach that. They climb up on the table. They go through all of these kinds of of actions, if you will. Sometimes they pick up the hammer, they pick up the nail, they, they look at them like, you know, what are they here for? And then they quit. They can't connect the ropes. And the reason for that is this. You see, to them, a hammer is something you pound with. It's certainly not a pendulum. But if they were to take the hammer and attach it to the rope and then swing it at the other table walk to that table, take the rope, catch the hammer as it comes, they easily can tie. But you see, we get double, we, we get blinded by this way of thinking. And we call this hidden assumptions, you know, implicit assumptions. But I, there's a wonderful story that I like to tell. In fact, I have a friend in Hilo, Hawaii, uh, a neurosurgeon, uh, John Turner, that says he now uses this story to determine whether or not he's going to make friends with new people that he meets. But here's how the story goes. Imagine that you're walking down the street one day. It's a beautiful day, glorious day, and, and it's your first, uh, first visit to New York City, we'll say. And uh, you are, you've really looked forward to this trip. You've saved your money. You've planned it out. And, and you get there, and it's like the, the heavens have just blessed you with the most glorious possible day. And as you walk down the streets, you kind of wander back into this, this beautiful area, high-rise condominiums. And, and you know, you're just, you're just in taking just a glorious day. A flower pot falls from, let's say, the third-story balcony and strikes you on the head. It falls from your head to the ground, of course, char scatter along the sidewalk and so forth. You're, you know, you're faced with some choices. Now, you reach up, you touch your head, you know that uh, you're going to be okay, but you've got an abrasion, you've got a lump that's coming, and uh, you're going to react. 
react to this stimulus. Now, I'm going to tell you this. Telling this story to thousands of people, and you know this because you've been there on many of them, Ravinder, I ask them, you know, what are you going to do? And we typically we get one of three choices. The first one is, well, you know what? I'm going to take these flower pot chars. I'm going to take them up there, and I'm going to put them you know where. Of course, if you get up there, knock on the door, and discover it's a lineman for the New York Giants, maybe you change your mind. Now, the second one is, and that's, I, that I think of as I'm getting even. The second one is, well, you know, I'm going to take advantage of this. This sucker set that flower pot too close to the edge. I'm going to sue him. You know, I mean, definitely this could do some real damage. I mean, you know, uh, maybe I've got whiplash. I mean, this has got to be a fat cat living in that high-rise apartment. You know, up there, that condo. I mean, this expensive condo. Now, I happen to be talking to a talk show host. It's, I guess, it's a couple of years ago now in Detroit. And he said to me, as I told this story, he says, I'm going to do both, one and two. <laughs> okay. Now, the third choice that everybody thinks of is, you know, I'm not going to let this ruin my day. I'm going to be metaphysical about it all. I mean, it's a glorious day. It happened, you know. Uh, I'm just going to get on and enjoy the rest of my day. I mean, after all... Maybe uh, you know, maybe the blow to my head uh, excited some new neur- neurons, and I'm going to have a special state of enlightenment. Okay, I think of that as denial. Right? I'm just going to now. Those are the three choices, and and again, with thousands of people, when I'm asked them what else would you do, those are the three they get stuck with. Now, if you had a manual in life, and that manual was designed for you to optimize your experience in life. And, and, and I think of it as the three H's, you know, it, everything that I decide I'm going to do, choose to do, is it's going to promote healthy, happy, helpful outcomes, okay? So if I were to apply that criteria right now, I'd think, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up this flower. I'm going to take it to the florist. I'm going to have it repotted. And, you know, I'm either going to take it home. No, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to take it back. I'm going to knock on the door, and I'm going to tell the owner, you know, here's your flower. It fell from your your balcony. Um, The pot broke all over the sidewalk down there. It hit me on the head, you know. uh, But there was no reason for the flower to die. I wanted to return it to you as a gift of love. Now, can you imagine the look on the person's face? They'd be so confused. <laughs> now, can you imagine now, at the end of the day, you put your head on the pillow, and uh, you're you're going through your day, and, and maybe you did one of the first three. You either did the denial, or you charged up to the guys, you got all hostile, etc., or you repotted the flower and took it back. Which one's going to make you feel best? Number three, most certainly. You're going to get a warm, fuzzy feeling. Mm-hmm. And I'll take that into my sleep with me. That'll feel great. That's exactly right. And that's what I mean when I say, you know, uh, we, we have these choices. They've been kind of shoved onto us, you know. And, and the result of that is we don't even really think about them. You know, I said something about implicit assumptions. Uh, we have a caller that we probably should get on the air Let's go to line one. Sarah, you're on the air. Oh, thank you. Um, okay, here's my question. I have always had what I would call a charmed life. I Every choice I make just seems to work out. And, you know, if I'm, I got pregnant with my daughter, I didn't have, um, I was working for myself, then I found a job 20 hours a week, full benefits, 
health insurance, everything just always works. Until this last couple of years, and it just seems like this last couple of years have been really, really difficult, and I I feel like I've untethered from my my deep connection with, with the whole. And, I mean, it's not like everything turns out terrible, but it just seems like there's so much change all the time, and it's really gotten me down, actually. And I, I've gone from having a total faith in myself and in the world and in the flow to feeling like, I don't know, like I've done something wrong, or I don't know. It's really, really strange. So I thought maybe you could help me. Well, you know, now I'm not a psychic, so what I'm going to say to you is that we all go through cycles in our life. And, uh, you know, what I would be suggesting that you do is you look back to that point where the magic seemed to disappear. And you ask yourself, all right, what, what change took place? What, what was going on? Uh, you know, is, I don't, how old are you? I'm 45. And I do know okay. that right about the time this change took place, I, I have done that. I've looked back, and it seems that I was just on the precipice of, of really breaking free of being edgelessly, just 100% edgelessly, you know, complete and, in, and, in, and um, in alignment. And it was like I, I went out of commission with myself. I just decided it was too much, and I, I pulled back. It seems like I went into, like, a massive contraction. And I haven't been able to undo the contraction, it seems like. You know what I'm going to suggest? I'm going to suggest that, you know, you're going to get, because you called today, a, a three DVD set that is all about the question that you bring. It's five hours of lecture on the possibilities of, of what you're dealing with. But I'm going to suggest to you that uh, you leave your details, and I, I will email you at the end of the show a link to a MP3 that you can download absolutely free. And it, this is a, a program that's called Hyper Imperia. Uh, what it does is it actually gives you the ability to go into yourself, to look at these issues, to uncover uh, whatever they might be. Because what you're describing seems to be about feeling. It seems to be how you sense that you have disconnected. And, you know, I, I'm one of those people, uh, forgive me, Sarah, but I'm one of those people that I really think self-responsibility is about each of us finding our own way, not somebody else telling us what to do. And so what I try to do is provide the tools that you can use to do that. So if you leave your details, uh, I will see you get that link. You uh, use this program. Uh, it's, like I say, a hypnotic program. If, uh, if after using the program you still have a question, you send me an email. You do that? Uh, yes, I will, and thank you so much. Oh, you're more than welcome, Sarah. Thank you. We'll be right back after these words from our friend. Every day, every moment, we face choices. Yet, how many of those choices are truly our own? Are you ready to step onto the path of discovery? Read Eldon Taylor's New York Times bestseller, Choices and Illusions. Now revised, updated, and expanded. Eldon combines provocative information, scientific research, and his own life's journey into a powerful message that we have the power to change. All we must do is be willing to choose to take the chance and change. Get your copy today from all bookstores. Have you talked to yourself lately? What does that inner voice say? 
Are you constantly hearing negative feedback? Ready for a change? InnerTalk, Eldon Taylor's patented subliminal technology, can do just that. Change your inner self-talk. Turn off the negative by replacing it with positive affirmations. InnerTalk has been researched at universities such as Stanford and by governments around the world and has been proven effective at priming your self-talk. Armed with a new positive outlook, you'll find everything becomes easier, from losing weight to stop smoking, giving presentations to riding horses, learn new things to being a powerful salesperson. Choose your title for change today. Visit www.innertalk.com. That's I-N-N-E-R-T-A-L-K.com. Innertalk.com. Unlock the power of your mind. This is Provocative Enlightenment with Eldon Taylor. Welcome back. All right, Ravinder, you were about to ask a question. I cut you off to take that phone call. You never cut me off. (laughs) Well, go ahead. You shoot. We get asked quite a bit, especially by people, from people who have been working on their spiritual path. They say that the first half of mind programming is very dark, so... They don't think it's for them. How come you did it that way? No, that's that's a really good question. You know, Choices and Illusions uh, was all about how we have, you know, portrayed ourselves in the sense that we have become inauthentic, we have become false to ourselves, our ambitions, uh, our motives, our goals, the way we dress, uh, the things we say, etc. and so forth. Have all just been kind of given us, and we have taken very little time to examine it uh, and, and to really look at who we are. I mean, you know, every human being essentially has four self-representations. They have their actual self, uh, and by actual self, I mean here the self that we don't ever really completely know, but we do think that we know. It's the self that. Uh, has all our secrets. We won't share those secrets with anyone. You know, the the ones that are totally too compromising. It it's the one that that recognizes we have thoughts, aberrant thoughts, thoughts we don't want to have, thoughts that we just think, how could I possibly ever think that? Uh, in addition to the actual self, we have the ideal self. You know, the ideal self. This is the the perfect parent self. This is you know. Uh, if I could have been designed my life to be born, I might have designed it to be uh, what Mother Teresa on one hand, or maybe on you know going another direction. This is Diana. Yeah, or Bill Gates, or you know. Okay. Then we have our ought self, and our ought self, for all intent and purposes, is the one that has all the scripts. The you know, if you love me, you would do this. You ought to do that. And you ought to do that. Uh, all these codependent. Uh, kinds of scripts that we naturally uh, absorb through our childhood. And then we have our desired self, and our desired self is who we really want to be. Now, if you think about those four constructs, each of us can relate to them in some way or another. As young people and many adults to this day, uh, we go about fantasizing our scripts. We go about fantasizing about that desired self so 
instead of as as an adult saying, you know, I want to be Bill Gates and creating this icon in our head and thinking that way, walking that way, talking that way, dressing that way, uh, reading the same kinds of... What we do as young people is we take scripts out of the media or scripts from the peers around us. And we begin to practice the way they walk, the way they talk, the things they say. So maybe, you know, young men might stand in front of the mirror, go ahead, make my day. Okay. Uh, in, in doing this, what we're really doing is, is not just fantasizing, but practicing over and over again how we'll stand, how we'll walk. I mean... I've talked to a lot of people. I can't tell you how many people that admit that they practice kissing their pillow before they ever kiss the first person in their life. Okay? So did you do that? No, I see you agree. I know. I'm looking okay. at you. So, no. So, you know, we, we fantasize, we practice, and, and in that process, we automatize. Our belief system becomes automatized, automatic, as a result of practicing this this external script. Now, I, I in choices, I laid it out pretty much like that. But every time I would speak about it, thousands of people, uh, there was always this question. Well, how do we get that? I mean, who's doing that to us? And so what I wanted to do in mind programming was show you precisely, exactly, who wants to own your mind and the extents that they've gone to. And the only way to do that is to just walk you in there. And so I set it up like a trial. Uh, you know, I'm not going to give you an opinion. I'm going to give you the facts. I'm going to lay out the facts. You can come to your own decision. So if it's a classified document uh, uh, that is no longer classified or we gained access to, I'm, I'm going to go, I'm going to share you the document. So, for example, in the first half of the book, uh, we hear lots of advertisers, we hear lots of pundits for those people say subliminal doesn't work. We don't use it in advertising, and the reason we don't use it is it doesn't work. So you don't need any laws to protect you. Most people think there are laws, by the way, and there just simply aren't. So what I did is I, I was able to get a hold of an actual training manual from the third largest advertising agency, and uh, that training manual spells out very graphically what they do, why they do it, how they do it. And here are two ads in the manual. It shows how, for all intent and purposes, they are rendered in an artist's mind. Uh, exactly the images that we want, the sexual embeds, the taboo embeds, the Thanatos embeds, the, the death urge embeds, uh, how we get this hell cell all put together. And then they hire a model, and it shows, you know, here's the model. She's posed, and they take the pitch. Then they airbrush that, and, and the result is here's a finished ad. And, and these finished ads everybody has seen because these were big finished ads. They appeared in major publications around the world. So here's the smoking gun, if you will. Uh, in other instances, we, you know, I did. I, I actually pulled out uh, clandestine uh, operations conducted by our government to see just how far they could go, how successful they could be uh, with brainwashing. And and in one testimony before Congress, uh, a lead investigator said, you know, we now know that 
that I'm paraphrasing, of course, we now know that uh, we can cause a person to kill their aged parents and cook them in a stew. That's gross. That's uh, that's right. So, So people say, well, how come it's so dark? Well, I'll tell you, it's so dark because I wanted you to know that whether it's the merchant or the educator, the one that told you Columbus sailed to America when everybody thought the world was flat. False, 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 false. Or the one that told you Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. False, 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 false. You know, all this information that you, you, you've come to believe, that you've come to know, I wanted you to know what it was. I wanted you to know how you acquired it. I wanted you to know why when Susan Boyle went out on the stage... And everybody, you remember Susan Boyle in UK's Got Talent? Disheveled, homemaker, uh, $10 dress. I don't know. You know, I mean, she just didn't look like she belonged there, right? Mm -hmm. Everybody is laughing, teeing. The judges are rolling their eyes. And she opens her mouth, and it is the most glorious, most mellifluous sound you've heard. And, and, and I wanted everybody to know, okay, what is it then that causes you to think Susan Boyle, a singer, should look like something? You know, so, in fact, here's a good example for all everybody out there, and, and it's one that I particularly like because it shows just how context-bound we can get in our thinking, you know. A singer should look like a certain thing. A hammer isn't a, a, a pendulum. We just, I could go on and on and on and on. In fact, I, I'm going to give you a couple of quick ones. Imagine that uh, a friend of yours comes to the door tonight, knocks on the door and says, you know, hey, Ravinder, I'm in a scavenger hunt, and, and if you've got a, a three-by-seven uh, piece of wood, I can win $10,000. I know what you're going to say. My husband isn't here. I'm not allowed anywhere near his woodpile. <laughs> but if we didn't have a woodpile, okay, you're going to close your three-by-seven wood door after you've told him, sorry, I don't have a three-by-seven piece of wood. Okay? That's true. And that's what everybody else does because a door is not a three-by-seven piece of wood. So I, what I want you to do is I want you to think of the saliva in your mouth for a minute. And okay. I want you to move it around. Okay. I want you to imagine that you have a dry... Dry mouth, because if you had a dry because I'm on this radio. <laughs> okay, all right. Everybody out there, think of the saliva in your mouth. Now, if you do, you begin to realize that, hey, you're glad you have it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it tastes good, or it doesn't taste at all, but, you know, you're very pleased that you have saliva. Now, I want you to imagine that you have just a little clear shot glass, you know, okay. whiskey shot glass, and what you're going to do is you're going to spit some of that saliva into that glass, Okay. okay. You can look at it, and now I want you to knock it right back. back. You must be joking. Uh, you, but it was, I mean, you just it just left your mouth. That's gross. So why can't you drink it back? Because it might get thrown up. And that's, that's the response that everybody has, and that's how we get so context-bound. So by making the first half of the book, uh, the first 50,000 words, because this is really two books in one, uh, mm-hmm. you know, complete... When you come out the other side of it, you have the power to know how, what, where, when. So that with that knowledge, you can reverse that process. And then in the second half of the book, I give you a number of tools and technologies that you can use that don't cost you a dime uh, to rewrite, to, to change all of these old patterns and to, to, to have these uncoverings within yourself and to... Uh, 
to be able to, for all intent and purposes, become authentic. I mean, one of my favorite questions, Rav, is, you know, comes down to this. I ask audiences today, when did you have your last truly original thought? You know, we think about the car we want to own. We think about uh, how we want to decorate uh, a home. We think about uh, the you know, the clothes that we wear, we, we all the things that we think about, where do they come from? These are choices consistent with what we talked about in the first half of the show. These are the ABC choices, the multiple choices, uh, multiple choice selections that are being given to us. And, and we're being really, you know, cooperative and saying, yeah, okay, well, I'll choose between plum, red or blue because that's all they have, you see, without looking beyond that. Does that make sense to you? It does. All right. Shall we take a call? Or I have got two questions kind of related, so I'd like to ask both of them simultaneously. Oh, With all these ads everywhere, what can we do to protect ourselves from them? And then Janet says, says will Eldon be discussing his subliminal recordings and the kinds of results that people get when they work with them? You know, now that I don't see how you tied those in. That is, uh, But okay, in answer to the first question... You know, what you need to do, first of all, is be aware that everywhere, everywhere, every minute of the day, uh, in our normal lives, we're being bombarded with information, supraliminal, subliminal, uh, you know, superliminal that is designed to provoke a response. Usually it's designed to build some anxiety because if we can build some anxiety, then you want to do something about, you know, extinguishing that anxiety. So the first thing that you have to do is become aware of it. I'm driving down the highway. What are the billboards saying to me that I'm really not paying any attention to? Uh, I'm playing a game, you know. Uh, maybe it's a, it's a game, uh, an, an, an Internet game, a multiple-player game. What is the message in the game? What, what is it telling me? You know, Civilization is a game I used to think was a great one, Sid Meier's. But when you, when you get into this, you see that the game is really all about scarcity. It is, it's, it, you know, it is about it, the political setup is about how we gain and take control of power. So, you know, is, is that the message that I want? When I watch television and I get sickness commercials, you know, the gombu's going to come to town and you're going to get it. I mean, people don't realize this, but the hard research has shown us since the 50s that if you sit in front of television within three minutes as an adult, the average adult will go into what we call alpha consciousness. Now, alpha consciousness is, you know, it's a brainwave state. It's a slowed brainwave state we think of between 8 and 14 cycles per second. I've testified in courts of law as an expert on hypnosis, and alpha is a state we associate with hypnosis. It is a state that, as an expert, I would call a state of hypersuggestibility, period. Now, in this state of hypersuggestibility, imagine that you went to a hypnotherapist, and the hypnotherapist hypnotized you, and then they said to you, you know, now, you're going to get sick, but when you get sick, you come back here, and I will cure you. We would think of that as just being totally irresponsible. I mean, you know, uh, hopefully licenses and other things would, would be revoked. Yeah. But when you sit down in front of television and you get this Gombu commercial, the Gombu's coming to town, and you're in that same hyper-suggestible state, you know, the fact of the matter is you are probably accepting that suggestion. 
and not just buying the product to satisfy the problem when you get the illness, but getting the illness as a result of the commercial. So you can enjoy the relief that you get from it. That's Years ago, I wrote about this. I called it selling sickness. But, you know, since then, we have had a couple of pretty good examples. The one that comes to my mind right now is about restless leg syndrome. If you remember, there was a, uh, a major commercial that hit the airwaves three years ago now, almost four years ago now, that aired everywhere. And it was all about restless leg syndrome. All of a sudden, if you look at the AMA data on this, there's a synodial function. We're, we're going along with a baseline that is just flat. Very few people reporting restless leg syndrome. Suddenly there is this mass media awareness. And wow, a straight line going up the chart as physicians are inundated with reports of uh, restless leg syndrome. Now, the drug manufacturer's patent expired on the drug, and the commercials came off the air. And what do you think the result was? The restless leg syndrome reports dropped also. So the fact of the matter is here we have a one-on-one correspondence between reported incidences of a health care issue and uh, that information being sold to you through the media. So to answer his question, the first thing is become aware. The second one is then begin to screen what's going into your mind. Shut the television off. You know, listen to Hay House Radio more. Uh, you know, the fact of the matter is you want to intake information that is positive, not information that undermines you. In a very real sense, the brain is a bit like a biocomputer, and it's going to process that information, and it's going to process that information. At some time, it's going to come out. You know the old G-I-G-O, garbage in, garbage out, from the old programming days? That's precisely what we get. If we fill our minds with the negative, with the fearful, with the anxiety building, with the, you know all of that stuff, we stay in a constant heightened state of arousal, which damages our immune system, damages, you know, our ability for all intent and purposes. The body has two budgets, you know, uh, one for growth and one for defense. We place ourselves on defense, and, and therein write the story. Now, the second half of that question, we have six minutes left, and we have several calls to take, too. But the second half of that question is probably too long for this show. The fact of the matter is... The technology that's behind InterTalk, and I'm going to give you just a real quick encapsulated answer, is a patented technology. It took us years to devise. We tested it in a number of double-blind studies. Um, In fact, those double-blind studies have been conducted by independent researchers at leading universities like Stanford, or for that matter, by governments like the government of Mexico and the government of Germany. Um, And in multiple modalities, demonstrated to be effective. It is uh, really a form of dichotic uh, information processing, dichotic masking. It's not subliminal in the sense that it's buried information, but, um, you know, information processing without awareness and dichotic masking and all those kinds of terms are too consumer-friendly. So we just call it, I think of it as inner talk. What it does is prime the way you talk to yourself. You can go to intertalk.com and read thousands of testimonials on this product. Uh, We have a number of different uh, programs to treat a number of different or deal with a number of different kinds of issues. And uh, the bottom line is I'm going to be biased, quite obviously. I've spent, you know, nearly 30 years in this work. 
Uh, and so I encourage you to look at the independent research. Uh, I encourage everybody to look at, uh, at the studies. But whether it was a case of cancer, which we have a good oncology study, and that, by the way, is a free program, and we have a whole lot of free programs. Everybody out there should go, just go to, like I say, OldenTaylor.com and click on the free programs in, uh, in the left-hand navigation pane and follow those because they're downloadables. Or you can get the CDs by paying the shipping and the, and the handling of it. But if you can download them, and Internet users can do that, then just download them. Okay. Quickly, we have three phone calls, and we have four minutes. Let's get the phone call, okay? okay. All right. Ah, uh, let's see. Line two. D, you're on the air. Hi. Hello, D. Yes, hi. Hi, how are you? Good. How you doing, Alden? I'm doing great. What can we do for you today? Yes. Um, I've been listening to your program, and I guess one of my questions was um, about, you know, when you, when you are on a spiritual path and you know you're about to go to the next level spiritually, and you're kind of leaving the past behind but not forgetting it, and then you're also trying to be in the moment, in the present, so that you can hear from God and your angels and just be present in the moment, but also you're looking towards the future because you, you feel and know that's about to happen. So there's excitement, there's a fear, there's certainty, but also there's uncertainty involved as well. Well, that's not really a question, but I'll tell you what it is. It sounds very exciting to me, and when that kind of thing occurs in your life, you know, I like to just say thank you, thank you, thank you, and allow with great patience for those things to happen. Uh, You know, there's a marvelous Sufi story, the Book of the Books, that talks about knowing the difference between the container and the contents. And sometimes we get so focused on uh, being excited uh, about what we're going to get or what's going to come to us that we actually hold it away. Uh, it, you know, just say thank you, accept, and and uh, and receive. I mean, you know, it, it, is, it, it is that simple. Uh, I think that's, that's great, Dee. That's wonderful. Thanks for sharing. Well, well, one of my other questions, I, I know you don't see it as a question, but one of the questions is, 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 as you mentioned, I sort of refer to as like looking behind the senses because you're talking about how we, we're trained to just believe what's put in front of us or told, and, and part of it is kind of like looking behind the senses, always questioning, look behind the senses or look behind what's being told to you or shown to you. What's the intention, I gather, is my question. Just searching for the... the you mean, what, what's the intention that you should have? Um, well, I, I think I should have, and just in general, because you were talking before about, you know, the messages that we're told, how we're, what we're supposed to believe in, and how we're supposed to behave, and this object can only can be used for this rather than thinking outside the box. Okay. Uh, well, first of all, I, I'm not one of those cookie-cutter people, you know. Uh, what we're supposed to think, how we're supposed to behave, how we're supposed to respond, that doesn't have a lot of meaning to me. I'll tell you what I'm going to do, though, because we only have a minute left. I'm going to okay. send you a copy of uh, Choices and Illusions. Uh, the okay. book will cover with you what I would give you as my answer if we had more than 47 seconds, okay? 
Okay. D, stay on the line and give your details to our producer. Uh, the rest of you as callers, do stay on the line. Give your details to the producer, and I'll see that you get a copy of the DVD set, despite the fact that we were unable to take your call. We're just, you know, simply under 30 seconds and running out of time. Ravinder, it has been really nice. You are fun to do a show with. We may ought to do this more often. I want to thank our callers and thank all of you for joining us uh, today. And I hope you'll join us again next week, same time and same place. And okay, as I paraphrase around here every week, above all else, above all else, know thyself.